on KLYT. This is ABQ Connect. There's still time to join the conversation by calling 505-338-5790 or text 505-585-LIVE. Well, if you've been listening to KLYT any in the last couple of weeks, you've heard the save the date uh, spots that we have been airing on Reload Love. We just heard uh, the spot uh, a minute ago, and ReloadLove.com is the place to go to find out about the love bomb uh, that is happening this weekend, a 48-hour fundraiser. But, you know, I could t- I could try to talk about it and probably do okay, but uh, Lenya Heitzig is in studio with us. And, Lenya, uh, there's an exciting weekend on the way. Yes, we're, it's really amazing because – in the past, when we have done love bombs, it's places necessarily that we haven't had the opportunity to visit. Like Ukraine, last year, we didn't go to Ukraine until after we had collected the meals, 250,000 meals to distribute. But this year, Skip and I were invited to go to Israel with Joel Rosenberg and a delegation of evangelicals. So in a sense, we were boots on the ground this time in advance and able to witness and hear from people who suffered the atrocities of October 7th. So it it put it in your heart in a very profound way. Not that anything that we've done is not profound, but seeing it with your own eyes is just different. Well, and this wasn't your first rodeo. I mean, how many times have you been to Israel? I'm thinking it's close to 42. I didn't count like Skip did. But uh, how, I mean, what, I mean, it's kind of obvious, but what really stood out? It was very different this trip, I'm assuming. The, the First whole- of all, when we landed, we were the only airplane coming into Ben-Gurion. And usually it's a bustling, busy uh, place. So that was weird, like ghost town. Yeah. And then overall, the nation was empty or hunkered down. And so Skip one night walked from our hotel, the King David, down to the wall and uh didn't see anyone in the souk, in the shops, in anywhere. So the country felt like post 9-11. Yeah. Now, we as a nation are much bigger than the nation of Israel. It's about the size of Delaware. So um, 9-11, if you lived in New York, was really traumatic, right? So this is like being in New York yeah. after 9-11. Everybody has either known someone who died, known someone who's a hostage, or... Since it's a large volunteer army, everybody's being called up, you know, like the National Guard. So everybody was experiencing trauma in the sense that their son, daughter, husband, wife are serving in Gaza. So if they come home on the weekend or once a month or whatever, everybody's traumatized. There's everybody's experiencing post-traumatic stress as a nation. And then also I felt as a nation, they were embarrassed for um, being, so to speak, caught with your pants down, mm-hmm. that they're usually, they have all the good intel, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but it seems like even our nation it counts on the intelligence from Israel for our defense. Well, just think of um, George Bush, President Bush, when he went to Ground Zero and said, you know, we name, may not know who do this, but pretty soon they're going to know who we yeah. are. And it was that post- um, idea of, you know, embarrassment, but also solidarity. I would say as a nation, maybe people in the nation were pro, pro and 
anti-war, but it seems like with one voice, everyone in the nation was saying, not anymore. We're yeah. done with Hamas. We have lived with bombs and shellings for decades, and they don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, and and I want to revisit part of what you said about their 9-11, because I think some people listen and they say, well, I mean, it was horrific, uh, but uh, you, you do a number count. No, no, proportionately, you compare— Per capita. It, that's yeah. right. You compare it to the United States. Uh, essentially, I mean, my, my understanding has been for years, you know, if, if one person is lost in Israel, it's like 10 yeah. uh, here. Um, and, and, and it is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and you mentioned Gaza and Hezbollah, uh, Hamas, uh, but uh, you know, it's, it's uh, expanded. Yeah, Hezbollah in the north with Lebanon. Well, yeah. they've always been bombing as yeah. well, but it's amping up on that border. We do have friends that live in or have lived in Israel, and that border could break at any time. Yeah. And then, of course, from Yemen, the Houthis are shooting in things. And um, so, yeah, they have uh, all the bad actors that are supported by Iran, uh, the terrorist organizations. So uh, did you have opportunity to get down near the Rafah Gate? And can you if if you did? No. OK, um, but we will be helping at the Rafah Gate. So that's kind of like no man's land. It's pretty far down. Yeah. And um, it's in the vested interest of Israel to not let people be porous down in that region. So, no, we got as far as Kafar Aza, which is right on the um, border with uh, Gaza. As a matter of fact, it was maybe two miles, two kilometers. So when we got to Kafar Aza, which is one of the kibbutz that had multiple murders, um, children murdered, um, we had to go in armored vehicles. We were wearing um, bulletproof vests. And uh, as we got out of our vehicles, you could hear the artillery bombs and bullets going off. And uh, we were with IDF soldiers. And so I was flinching, you know, when some of those big bombs would go off. And they'd say, oh, you don't have to be scared. Those are our bombs. I'm like, guess what? My body can't tell the difference between their bombs and our bombs. (laughs) And so traumatic stress of just, you know, being in the environment of being able to hear war, which this kibbutz had experienced. And um, they left everything so close to what had happened on October 7th. I mean, they had cleaned up the blood and the bodies, but the charred, burned out buildings and debris was everywhere. And they had pictures in front of um, each living quarter's of the people who died in them, um, explaining things about them. So I don't know. It's like walking through Auschwitz, you know, right after the war. And uh, the mayor of Kafar Aza uh, knew that they were coming. The thing is, for Israel, they're used to bomb sirens and bombs coming. They're not used to people on the street with guns yelling, Allah Akbar. Yeah. So when they hit a heavy barrage of the rockets, people came out to go into bunkers. When they came out, Hamas was there and shooting. And so it was that double whammy. So anyway, he got shot trying to get to their um, armament. And then his uh, mother, his mother-in-law was being cared for. She was shot. A cousin was shot. His uh, son realized they would probably head over to where his fiance was. So he ran to her uh, apartment. And when he got there, Hamas threw in one grenade. He threw it out, threw in a second grenade. He threw it out. 
the third grenade, there wasn't time. He threw his body on it to protect mm-hmm. his uh, fiance. So we were being told stories that were pretty horrific. Uh, stuff we can't even imagine. And if you're living here in New Mexico and you're, you're thinking geographically, I mean, uh, compared to New Mexico, I mean, this is a small area we're talking about. Right. Uh, what, is it uh, a seventh the size? Uh, it's, it's I'm not very, sure. It's what, much, much smaller. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, the other thing is um, – I did want to thank you and Skip for the trips in the past that you guys have done, Israel. I was able to go on one. And what it gave to me as as I'm hearing this stuff is knowing just, you know, you stand on the Golan Heights and Syria is right there. Yeah. I mean, Damascus is right right there. Uh, You go uh, up to uh, the north border near Lebanon um, and you just realize. They're so vulnerable. Yeah. And people don't understand the whole idea of land for peace. If they give up the Golan Heights, they're dead. Yeah. If they give up, you know, some of the uh, footage and, uh, you know, near Lebanon, they're dead. Yeah. And so, so many of our false assumptions, if you're not in country mm-hmm. to see the vulnerability and exactly what that would mean, it's hard for you to grasp some of the Middle East uh, peace talks. Well, thank you so much for uh, uh, going on that trip. And, and thank God that the entire de- delegation was safe uh, and that they safely got through uh, that that time um let's let's take a little bit of focus on the weekend what we're headed into because we've asked people uh to save the date uh for yes. the the 10th and the 11th uh and over the weekend uh, there's going to be a call for action really yes. but really uh, and if people haven't taken the time uh in the last couple of weeks since we've been running these spots um, to prepare for this, there's still time to do that. What would you tell people to do in the next few hours before we head into Love Bomb? And then, you know, what to hope for over the weekend? I just think that we open our hearts to the least of these. And the least of these, you know, are widows and children. That's what James says. Pure and undefiled religion is this, that we care for them. And recognizing the children who have been impacted by terror all throughout the world, but currently in Israel, you know, that you would prepare your heart in that way. And then just to have compassion. Uh, We visited a city named Sterot, which we're going to focus on this weekend. And it's, again, closest to the border near that Kafar Aza. And uh, it's known as the bomb shelter capital of the world. And every bus station is a bomb shelter. Every playground has bomb shelters. Um, When a siren goes off in Sterot, their citizens have 15 seconds to shelter. Mm. That's how close they are and frequently bombed. And so we're hoping to help the mayor there and the community rebuild. It was a city of about 36,000 people. 30,000 are internally displaced. They're staying in hotels in Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, Elat, and haven't even come back yet. Their children are highly traumatized. Some of these kids, when they hear bomb sirens go off, now start throwing up or crying and being highly traumatized. So what we want to do is really help these kids come home and uh, to recover from that. So providing, you know, clothes, uh, food, household items, they left with nothing and are coming home, you know, soon. The government would like them to go home. So that's some of the things we'll be doing. And I think just realizing that you can be a part of healing children's hearts far across the world.
Yeah. You know, and I want to I want to hit that home because Reload Love's done work all over the globe. Yeah. Uh, and and quite honestly, in places that uh, in the headlines can be very political, can be very, you know, uh, uh, conspiracy theory about this or that. Put all that aside. OK, we're talking about children that have nothing to do with the political climate uh, there uh, and, and they're being reached uh, through these donations. Yeah, and just not taking a political stance per se, although I think Hamas is uh, demonic and it is a case of good and evil. And uh, But there are also Palestinian children that are in harm's way, and that's why we're also helping at the Rafa Gate. So people who come across the border at the Rafa Gate from Israel into Egypt, we have a pastor in Egypt who set up a tent there and trying to help refugees coming in that direction. And uh, so it's not that we're picking one over the other. We're just trying to help kids who are caught in the crossfire. Yeah. Which has been the case since day one at reload love. And uh, again, in studio with us, Lenya Heitzig uh, with uh, reload love. And uh, we're, we're really focused on this love bomb weekend. We hope you'll be listening. Uh, we hope if you, uh, if you don't have plans uh, to be elsewhere that you can attend one of the services at Calvary church at any of the locations, uh, go to calvarynm.church. Uh, for locations and times, go to the events page. You'll see all the information you need about Love Bomb, or simply go to lovebomb.com, which is really what you should already have on your radar, because uh, that's going to be the place to go yeah. uh, to give over the weekend. And just reminding the audience, Skip and I did go before Christmas, and we've never given an update to the congregation of things we saw, heard, and the people we met. And so this is a wonderful opportunity for you to hear from eyewitnesses people who've been in the land yeah. while war is happening and to give a report and to tell you what to be praying for and what has happened in that region. Yeah. Lenya, would you mind, uh, as we as we close this off, uh, a quick prayer to close our, our time together uh, and uh, in preparation for the love bomb? Lord, you said, let the children come to me, for such is the kingdom of heaven, Lord. And so we pray that uh, they can come to you through us, that we can go to them and be a part of sharing the gospel, of sharing compassion, of sharing food and clothing, you know, where you said uh, that when someone's cold, don't turn your back, that you go to them, Lord. And so make us those people that are after your heart and uh, give us willing hearts and uh, generous hearts, Lord, to reach out and make a difference, Lord. Thank you so much for the privilege and opportunity of uh, sharing with our audience and people, Lord, and that uh, we're just grateful for this radio station and this church um, because they're so giving, so loving, so compassionate, Lord. So we thank you for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Lenya. Thank you. All right, stick around. Coming up after the break, our update from Brian Cochran at John Moore Associates, our Friday financial update next on ABQ Connect. 